Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Welcome to the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast, where our goal is to recruit, educate, and inspire new hunters and to entertain the rest of you. Without the mentorship of responsible, conservation-minded hunters, this passion as we know it faces an uncertain future. So please stick around and be sure to check out our Facebook group, Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast, and like our main page at Foul Front Outdoors right after this episode. All right. Well, should we should we get it started? Let's do this. Okay. So first and foremost, uh, this is my brother, Zach Page, today uh, that we have on the, the podcast. Uh, Zach Page is a project manager that is in charge of training uh, for a software company. He enjoys philosophy, critical thinking, and ethics. And I think enjoys is a slight... What's the opposite word? It, it's under. It's an underwhelming, uh... <laughs> <laughs> underwhelming amount of uh, reading, or or, or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's do some like rapid fire questions, uh, so sure. we can get to know you just a little bit better. Uh, what's what's okay. your degree in? Uh, I've got undergraduate degrees in psychology and philosophy, and then I've got a master's degree in psychology. Okay, where are you from? Uh, originally from the Grundy Center area. I was born uh, in a small town called Creston, Iowa, uh, but born and raised there, then kind of uh, the rest of my life in Grundy Center. Um, about six years ago, uh, Stacy and I, my wife, moved out to Colorado Springs. So that's where we've been at now for, like I said, about five, six years, and we love it. Yes. All right. Have you ever mm-hmm. shot a duck? Uh, I've played a ton of duck hunt. Does that, <laughs> is that the type? Does that count? Yeah, sure, maybe. Uh, so besides uh, besides the video game, have you ever gone hunting? Um, you know, I I when I was younger, a few times uh, we went out hunting with dad, um, mostly kind of clay pigeon uh, shooting. Um, but I think we went out hunting pheasant a few times, um, but never a time that I ever remember actually like being a successful hunt. So I'm sure we kids probably messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. I think I I did a little bit. A little bit more later on um, with dad, but I, yeah. those early years, not so much. But all right, so yeah. then why are you on this podcast? 
Well, that is a good question. Um, I think you and I kind of started you and I discussing this um, when we were just kind of debating some things and talking about, you know, you were kind of educating me a bunch on um, things that I just didn't know about hunting. Um, And I like to argue so much and I like philosophy and ethics so much that, of course, uh, that just kind of organically developed out of that. Um, so I think that's where we first started talking about maybe bringing me on the podcast to uh, to discuss kind of uh, ethics and, and critical thinking as it relates to to hunting. Right, right. And um, you know, you you don't come from a, a strong hunting. Um, I mean, it's not something you go out and you do for enjoyment. And right, right. I, you generally lean. Um, you're vegetarian most of the time, right? Except for when I'm, I'm in most town. Vegetarian. It's true, exactly. And when there's uh, when when I want to try something new, um, I'm mostly vegetarian. But uh, I do I, I break on occasion, which is really atypical for for vegetarians. Usually, it's kind of an all or none thing. <laughs> right, right. Well, let's get into why uh, what this particular podcast episode is about. Um, yeah. So I, this podcast episode is designed to help hunters um, and conservationists unpack or explore their code of ethics when it comes to hunting and then to prepare them to have an intelligent argument um, for why you hunt in a world that's either hostile or even uh, worse, indifferent to hunting um, and kind of a guide to help, you know, or some, a, a probe to get you to start thinking about some of these things. Yeah, yeah. I think um, one of the things that makes me passionate about it, even though, you know, you're right, I I typically lean left on some of these issues or what would be referred to as leaning left. Um, I'm kind of a vegetarian. I don't hunt. I mostly would consider myself a a pacifist. Um, But at the same time, I really uh, think that there's a lot of just kind of negative dialogue back and forth between both groups. Uh, There are – since I'm a vegetarian who uh, often – uh, eats meat. Um, I often find myself when I'm with other vegetarians, um, they think that's very, very odd behavior, as I said, because it's normally kind of an all or none thing. Um, but then conversely, if I'm eating uh, with a bunch of hunters, uh, it's usually odd that I eat mostly vegetarian, but uh, don't don't mind. So I just know I want I think the this conversation is really important to help kind of bring people together because there's a lot more division between hunters and non hunters, I think, than there really needs to be. Um, that's what kind of gets me jonesed for the topic. Right, right. And I, I agree with that uh, completely, you know, because um, your wife, Stacy, my, my sister-in-law, she is, you know, she's very um, – Yeah, she's 100 percent vegetarian. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, has, was vegan for a lot of years, um, has a lot of really, really uh, passionate views um, about hunting as well and her and I like to talk about that. We, we agree on uh, most things but of, but yeah. of course and, that's the other point. Yeah, and me and her, we're, we're best of friends. You know, she's one of my best friends. So it's it's one of those one of those things where it people we don't it doesn't need to be. (laughs) I think there's a lot of uh, misinformation between the two groups. Well, there absolutely is. You know, there absolutely is. And um, I think that's as good a place as any to to really launch into it. Um, There's so much misinformation on both sides. Uh, I remember thinking a lot of really, really silly things before I started kind of having conversations with you Um, and just kind of vice versa. You know, a lot of people, uh, we always tell the story when I first became a vegetarian, you know, a lot of folks are just like, what do you eat? (laughs) You know, well, uh, you know, nobody's trying to be mean, of course, about that. They just they just literally don't know. It's kind of foreign to them. Yeah. 
the mom, first time so. Stacy came to Thanksgiving, um, my mom <laughs> sent all of us kids out to the store to, hey, find something um, vegetarian to, to, you know, so Stacy can eat. And when I got back to the entire downstairs fridge was full of lettuce. You know? 250 heads of lettuce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and every uh, single one of us had got, had bought like a head of lettuce. I don't know what, you know, so. Yeah. You know, um, when I, when I read into these topics on, on kind of both sides, you can really see how often heated it gets. Um, and so I think, uh, that's just wildly important, you know, right. to, to open that dialogue. All right. Should we, let's dive in, I guess. Um, let's go, let's go. Um, I think the, the best place to start, of course, is to put up some kind of ground rules for the discussion, right? Um, so there are certain types of people that when they were to come up to argue about this, um, would just immediately be hostile. Okay. So I'm wanting to kind of put to the side a little bit, folks who are truly hostile, right? If you're walking down the street and you've got a camo hat on and somebody just, you know, shouts murderer from across the road, you know, that's just not productive dialogue in any way. Right. So, um, I think it's good to know that those folks who are truly just either super ignorant, they don't, they don't know, or they're super passionate, you know, who, who knows on both sides, um, you've got to just be able to temper that. So I think the first uh, good starting point is to recognize that, you know, if you come across somebody who's just super dogmatic in anything they're saying, there's just a good chance you're not going to be able to have any impact on them, <laughs> you know? So it's also kind of choosing your battles, right? Um, knowing that, um, it's okay for two people to just disagree um, yeah. as well, right? Um, when you start to kind of talk about ethics, there's also kind of like categories of ethics, right? You have kind of like theoretical ethics where it's just completely kind of a thought experiment in how we kind of ought to behave. Um, then you've also got like your own personal ethics or individual ethics, right, that you just are going to use to kind of guide your life. Um, but then there's also like political ethics and government ethics, right? The law. You know, what are the laws that we bring in? Um, so in a lot of debates, the, the lines between those different forms kind of blur, right? And so you'll kind of start out having a kind of theoretical conversation about ethics and then all of a sudden it will merge into uh, a discussion about what the actual laws and regulations are. So it's good to just kind of be clear, you know, where you're fitting. A lot of things that we might, um, you know – enjoy doing or, you know, I might like to do personally, I don't want there to be a law against it, right? Maybe I wouldn't do that, uh, but I don't necessarily think that there needs to be a law against it. Um, so it's really important to keep those kind of things, basic understandings in mind uh, when you when you start to kind of engage in dialogue uh, with somebody about these topics. Right, right. So I guess let's just like, why does anybody care? <laughs> you know. This is such a good point. I think it really, uh, I think it really is. Um, to me, of course. So part of the reason why I'm on the podcast, why, what it gets Jones for me, is I enjoy this process just in general, right? Um, I think uh, anybody who's hunted has to have, you know, you and I have had a lot of conversations where we're, we've, you've told me maybe hunting stories and experiences you've had, but almost everybody that I know that's a hunter has at some point gotten involved in the type of argument that we're going to discuss, you know, uh, on the podcast here today. Yeah. Um, everybody I know has that argument where, you know, maybe they were, you know, at a family event and it was like, oh yeah, I've got some, you know, and you were kind of bragging about maybe you've got your own deer jerky at home, you know, as you're eating this and that, you know, 
daggers stare from across the hall and somebody's like, what are you, a hunter? I, I think everybody's just kind of had that experience if they're a hunter where they feel yeah. judged. And I think um, wow. it's uh, uh, even worse than – you know the someone who, who's, who's anti-hunting or whatnot is it that we also have a lot of infighting uh, as well. Um, there's a oh, lot, sure. lot of different um, you know levels of uh, and opinions on ethics and and whatnot. And I, I think a lot of the infighting actually, or I think most of the conflict um, is in fact b- between hunters. Um, but some of the worst. I think would probably be between the, the, the whole, you know, non hunting or those people that just, they're not so much non hunters. They just don't hunt. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There definitely seems to be different categories. I feel like I fit into like the, I just don't hunt category. Right. right. Um, I think it's a bell curve. I think, well, I mean, obviously it's a bell curve. There's 10% on the left, 10% on the right. And then there, right. everybody in the middle who doesn't really give a, you know, or right. gives varying right. degrees of, you know, yeah. Um, and I think that uh, that's just it. You know, um, you've got to be able to diagnose kind of, if you will, yeah. uh, the type of person that you're getting involved with. Um, yeah. And you have you to know, be I think I think you have to be careful with how. So it's usually that left 10 percent, and that right 10 percent that are, are, are arguing it out and having the conversation. But that other 80 percent is listening and forming opinions. Well, that's just it. That is just it, right? Um, sure, the, a lot of times those who are the most quiet are uh, also the most – can be the most influential, right? Um, you, th- you think about that silent majority. And unfortunately, um, you know, a lot of times all you hear about are the radical sides of either, uh, of either position, right? Um, so I think that's, that is. That's, there's such a good message there. Um, in general, but what about you? Have you felt, um, have you felt that a lot? Do you feel judged for being a hunter? What are the the types of experiences that you've had mostly? Uh, Of course, you're from the Midwest. So that's kind of the, you know, the, uh, there's a lot of hunters in the Midwest. Of course, there's a lot of hunters everywhere. But uh, how have you felt about that? You know, I'd, I'd say, um, by and large, it's, um, most of the reactions I get when people, you know, come over to the house or, People that we meet, you know, and, you know, they see that I'm wearing, you know, some sort of brown hat with a, you know, deer sticker or something on the back of my truck. And they, oh, are you, you a hunter? So I say, oh, yeah, I am. And it's, it's generally met with a very, like, you know, kind of a mysterious, like, oh, yeah, it's, hey, you're cra- You're one of those crazy guys that wakes up at five in the morning to go kill a, <laughs> right. kill a poor <laughs> defenseless animal. And then, um, you know, you do, uh, uh, I, I do get like, well, I just, I, really you you hunt you don't need to hunt like you know you can just go to the store and buy that stuff like you don't have to go like (laughs) like you can go get your meat where you know no animal was harmed um right as though (laughs) as though you forgot that there were supermarkets and you were like what you just just stock this stuff on shelves you're kidding me so i've I've gone six years without shooting a turkey and you you tell me i can just pick one up at the store Oh, that's hilarious. Wow. But, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's just so true. Um, I think uh, you even hit the nail on the head with how you would describe that experience there with, uh, you know, kind of killing a defenseless animal. I think ultimately the, the biggest reason why I feel this topic gets so heated is because the ultimate question is often just kind of posed, why is it – why are you ethically justified in taking the life of that animal? Right. Um, I think at the end of the day, most of the most heated arguments stem from that kind of, you know, from that kind of discussion. Of course, it's, you know, how can you uh, cause harm to this creature that wasn't asking for it? 
you know. Sure. Um, and uh, that's where I think it's it's basically what do we make of that question and how do we articulate that question that I think shapes a lot of the debate, right? right. Um, um, I fall on the side that I think it's very, very hard to just directly justify in the here and now um, taking the life of an animal. But I also don't necessarily think that that's necessary uh, when you compare it to all the other things uh, that we have to do in life, right? Um, and I think that's where most people kind of don't get it. You know, you think of the stereotypical argument, oh, I can't believe you're murdering that um, animal. Well, is that person that's saying that a vegetarian, right? Right out of the gate, um, if you're just uh, essentially blaming somebody else for hunting, but you still support the killing of animals, you still eat animals yourself, you know, all these things, uh, you really just don't have a leg to stand on, right? It really just at that point is kind of a, a judgment. Yeah, it's a, it's a moot point because, um, I mean, it if is. you're participating, and, and I've, I, full disclaimer, of course, I, I not all of my food comes from, you know, my hunting. I still get beef. You know, I still, you know, participate in the meat market game. Um, right. And yeah. So if you're still participating in the meat market game, you know, in my opinion, you don't have the, you don't have the, um, the grounds to stand on, like you said, to come to me and say, Hey, how dare you go, um, quickly and ethically try to take an animal's life instead of, you know, a wild animal's life instead of, um, continuing to participate in the meat farm. Well, and I think that's just it. You know, you have to be, you have to be very, very precise. Um, and a lot of the arguments that I've either been in myself or witnessed, there's just a ton of imprecise speech. And you know how I go on and on about uh, how much oh, I love, yeah. I love precise speech. <laughs> you know, there's nothing more uh, amazing to me than precise, than a precisely worded sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Dis disclaimer, disclaimer for the, the audience here. It is never, it is not fun to be in an argument with my brother. It don't even matter. Like he, he could not even care what, what the other side of the argument is. He'll just argue it with me and yeah, you got to watch your tongue on that. So well, let's get back. Let's get into it then. Let's get into some of these specifics. Like what are we talking about? Well, yeah, I think right there, the first question is, um, when a person levels the accolation, let's just start with killing an animal, right? Okay. Are you making the claim that, uh, you know, to make the argument I can't believe that you're a hunter. I would never kill an animal and I would never participate in any behavior that resulted in the killing of an animal. If that is the extreme argument that you make, um, then it's going to be very easy to kind of find a counterpoint. Right. If you're really saying that you would never do that, how do you justify your eating of animals? How do you justify, you know, shopping at restaurants that uh, that that support that? Right. Uh, even if you're a full on vegetarian, there's, you know, arguments about they still have to maybe often kill geese and uh, and rabbits to protect the crops. Right. So if you're leveling the accusation using I would never do that, then, of right. course, you're open to all these objections. Right. Um at the same time, some people would would in, in many other ethical disciplines, we do change the ethical status based on whether or not you physically did it yourself versus whether or not you contributed to it. Right. So it is true when you think of something like murder of a human. Right. Um, typically, the penalty would be more severe if you actually murdered the person yourself than if you led to the person being murdered, right? And that's not true in all cases, but basically we would say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of, quote, worse 
to have done it yourself uh, than it would Ben have to to have participated it. You know, by yeah. Time. So there's a there's a there's an element of disassociation, um, exactly, or exactly. distant distance from the actual kill site. Uh, that, exactly. That can give you a lot of a false, not a false sense, but a um, uh, what's the word here? Give you something like a moral a moral stance over someone else that you you know a proposed moral stance over someone else. Right, and 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 that's where I'm saying I don't deny that there are other areas in which we would apply that same logic, but most people apply it too strongly. Yeah, where 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 they're trying, uh, they might be very kind of maybe they're even ignorant uh, about all the other behaviors that they do that actually contribute to that because they're just not uh, not knowledgeable. Um, so to me, you know, how you word that argument, what is it specifically that you're saying? You know, um, I would definitely say. Uh, I try not to kill any animals, um, but I know uh, that that's sometimes going to happen, right? And so I think taking steps to reduce it is fine. Uh, but I'm also not uh, making strong claims about being kind of uh, you know holier than thou to folks who do hunt, right? I don't think I'm any better than somebody who doesn't hunt. Do I want to hunt? No. Do I think that since I don't hunt, I'm on a higher ethical footing than somebody who does? Ooh, I don't know how I would make. I don't know how I would justify that. <laughs> right? I don't know how. I don't know how I would, um, because I'm not a complete vegetarian. Because I don't donate a lot of money, right, right now to to charities uh, that that support that cause, right? Um, right. So I don't think there's anything. It's just a, at this point, it's a choice, right? It's just a personal choice of mine to to emit the behaviors that I do. Yeah. Um, As always, this episode is brought to you in part by High Prairie Sportsman, a group of conservation-minded outdoorsmen and women who have a lot of great content over on YouTube. Just go search for High Prairie Sportsman over there and you'll be entertained for hours. And you might even learn something. They're very close friends of the show, and without them, uh, a lot of this stuff wouldn't be possible. Okay, back to the show. Yeah. yeah. And I think... Uh, so I think it's important moving forward in this conversation um, to let the listeners know, like, it's don't 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 base your opinions off of um, off of my responses so much to you know my personal stuff. This this is designed to, when these questions get asked, answer them yourself. You know what I mean? Uh, try to yeah. try to think of where you actually stand on it. Don't worry about where you know Ben stands on it so much. If I happen to to help guide you you along and. Um, into something that you, you think is good, but it, it's worth it to for you to sit down and take the time to examine these things. Yeah, I really see that's such good advice, um, and I really see conversations like this, of course, very much like wrestling, very much like uh, you know what I mean, playing a, a, a game of basketball together. Uh, right. To me, that absolutely is a sport. Not only are you like testing out different ways of thinking, right? Um, because sometimes you don't you don't you don't fully know your own opinions, right, until you've had to talk through them a bunch. Um, so it's really like a form of training and a form of uh, working out. Um, and so absolutely you should, um, you know, um, think deeply about the same questions and kind of listen organically. I think that's the best way to, to, to grow from arguments like this. Yeah, and the first time you do this, you know, the first time you – you don't want to go to your basketball game without ever having done any practice. And, I, you know, um, I don't think a lot of hunters get a lot of practice. Uh, they don't, you know – uh, usually we're surrounded mostly by like-minded folks and we we don't explore the boundaries of our um, right. inner thinking on, on the things that we absolutely love to do. Yeah. All right. So, 
Yeah, I think one of the next topics that I'd like to discuss is to kind of just quickly go through the basic argument, I think, uh, some of the basic arguments that are available for and against killing animals, right? Um, and if you pick up any uh, any one of the great books, you know, that's available on this topic, uh, at least several of the books that I've read through kind of start this way as well and, and kind of outline this, right? Um, when somebody says that it's not okay to kill animals, uh, they're usually talking about, uh, you know, the, to the preservation of life is what's the most important, right? You're not, you're not justified in taking the life of another animal, um, against its will, right? Um, so you might have a rebuttal to that by saying, um, but you know, it's my right to kind of act as I will. Um, there are some people who make justifications either, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you would cite the Bible, maybe you would cite some other source that, that animals are either below us or at least uh, of a different ethical status, right? Um, and I think that makes sense. You, a lot of times you hear an argument, for example, imagine there was a little boy um, drowning in a pond and then there was also uh, a puppy dog drowning in the pond. Uh, who do you jump in to save? This is a kind of a, an ethical uh, thought experiment that's often posed, right? Uh, the idea presumably being that if you were to save the uh, – that everybody would save the child and not the animal, Right. Right. Uh, A little bit of speciesism there. So, well, that's just the problem with it. Right. (laughs) Although you're right (laughs) that you might say that. Well, of course, I'm probably going to save my kid maybe over my dog. Um, That is some speciesism in that uh, you'll find yourself running into gray areas really, really quickly. Right. Um, That obvious example might work. um, But you find yourself needing to ask yourself that question of where do you draw the line? Right. Do you do you um, uh, for the person who says that they don't kill? Well, do you also not kill insects? Is that where it stops, right? You, of course, sometimes we've joked because we're catch and release in my house, right? We do our best to, to – uh, <laughs> we're both terrified of spiders, terrified of bugs, uh, but uh, try to do our best to catch and release all the insects in our house. Um, now, once again, I see those as just behaviors that I like to emit. I like to do that. That's how I participate in nature, right? That's how I, that's how I choose to do that. Um, but you have, you'd have to answer those questions about where do you draw that line, right? Um, um, with, with, with the sanctity of life, you know, at what point do you draw that line? When, when do you think that it is okay? Um, and I think that's, that's kind of the heart of that, that question. Right. Right. So where do you fit on that? What do you think? Um, uh, obviously the next counter example would be, you know, somebody saying, well, if you, if you will, uh, kill a, kill a wild animal, right. Uh, you must just be the savage person. What, right. what is your justification? Why, why do you immediately say, no, that I'm justified in this. That's not, that's not an ethical. What's your answer? Right. Right. So I, um, and it always comes back down to, you know, like, it, you know, it always seems like, oh, the hunters are the, they're, you're a monster, you're <laughs> bloodlusty and, right. um, they assume, Obviously, that they would love deer or ducks. They that they they assume that they love those things more than I do, and I yeah. guarantee it that you don't know. Or I'm just I'm just giving. I'm, I'm calling you out. Um, right. I know more about ducks, duck behavior, and I appreciate like seeing a duck. Ask my wife. You know how annoyed my wife gets when we're driving somewhere. All of a sudden I pull over next to this little pond and she's like, what's going on? I said, Oh my gosh, go look at these ducks. Look at these. That's a, that's a redhead out there. And I I have not seen one of those like all season, blah, 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 blah. Such a beautiful. And she's just like, are you kidding me? 
Like, <laughs> why are we pulled over on the side of the road so you can look at some ducks? And I, you know, and it is. I truly do. Like, I just feel there's a strong connection to them. They, they literally. Uh, I mean, they wake me up in the morning. Um, right, right. <laughs> you know, uh, I, five months out of the year. That is uh, the start too of all about, and I was ignorant of a lot of that as well. You know, as a non-hunter, and and you'd have to expect that, right? If you don't get exposed to it and you don't do it, um, you have to expect a certain amount of ignorance out of people, rather than be frustrated with it, right? Um, yeah. It's part of the thing that makes hunters good at what they do, right? Yeah, you've got knowledge that other people don't, like you experience things that other people don't, um, and um, you know, so often it does seem like if you kill an animal, then you must not like that animal obviously right you you must be kind of savage um i think i think the I, most important part though is is that um i i like the idea of those ducks i like the idea of my daughter being able to do that in 50 years um, well that's just it. to so pull over to yeah yeah and, and so whereas um we you know <laughs> i Hunters, they're the ones that go out and they we pay the money. You know what I mean? We're the ones out there, you know, taking care of them. To and I know that we've had this conversation before, but um, I like the and I think it's Steve. Yes, I think it's Stephen Rinella that says I like um, the idea of deer a lot better than I like like. And I, I, that might be the wrong quote, but essentially, sure. like what you know, I like all of them as opposed to just the one. Right, exactly. As a, no, it's absolutely true. Um, and I think that points to a good uh, distinction too to make in these arguments is um, a lot of times I think it will be beneficial for hunters to keep in mind that when somebody levels an accusation at them like this, this, this sanctity of life debate, um, they're often coming at it from a, a very kind of objective position. And in a lot of instances, the hunter's response and this isn't a negative. It just helps explain sometimes why it's not – why the message isn't conveyed. Uh, but sometimes the argument back is kind of a utilitarian one, right? Um, now, if uh, if the argument that you had against that person was it's never OK to hunt, right? There are no benefits from hunting or killing an animal. Then it would make sense to say actually we support X, Y, and Z, right? We, As a matter of fact – um, it does appear to be the case that uh, revenue and such generated from hunting and hunting activities uh, greatly exceeds other, uh, you know, contributions, uh, you know, that might be on a, on their face uh, more pro green or pro life, right? Um, so I think that's a shock to a lot of people to find out, you know, uh, that information. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think that's why the debate keeps going because – We're not answering the right question. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We, yeah, we have the answer for – yeah, we have the answer for a <laughs> yeah. question, but it's not the question they asked. It, well, exactly, exactly. And um, I think that is definitely one of the things that I've seen stem or, or, or cause these types of arguments to balloon, right? Because yeah. that maybe ethical idealist or whatever who was, was talking about the sanctity of life, they're just getting more and more frustrated because they're hearing that response as though it was um, just kind of justification um, um, not they, – they feel like they're not being heard that we could make the process better. Which is so tragic because so much about hunting is trying to make things better, right? Trying to improve the environment, trying to make it so that um, it's easier to control populations, right? Uh, coming up with better and better hunting methods to make it, uh, you know, quicker to to kill the animal. So it's not as though um, 
I think that's what makes this kind of doubly harmful, these, these debates, is because um, it makes uh, the other side kind of hardened, and then they don't even see all the good that the hunters are doing, and it can just kind of create this vicious circle. So I think that's, that's just so important to, to keep opening that up. Right. So, okay, well, what's, what's the uh, – I know we should examine. We have our answer. Uh, it's a very utilitarian answer. You know, hey, we're yeah. the ones taking care of the, the resource. We're the ones – like until you're shelling out as much money – as um, I am, don't even come to the table. Well, um, and that's an important distinction you just made. Until you're coming with as much, right? And for, from my perspective, I love that because I feel like that's a qualification to your argument. You're not, you're not stating no matter what, you will never come up with an argument that would make me hunt less. You're saying put your money where your mouth is, right? Show me, right? If you've got a better option, if you're saying that I've got a way to control the deer population, for example, I've got a way to control the goose population um, that will generate all this revenue, that will uh, you know, uh, keep everything in homeostasis and such, and it doesn't involve hunting of any kind, right? I think the average hunter would be like, interesting. What do you got? <laughs> right? Yeah. I, 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 you know what? That, that option, I mean it, it does exist, um, but it would be the entire – um, goal of our entire country of this hemisphere to keep that going. Every every job, every industry almost would be like geared towards um, conservation. Um, you know, and I mean, I don't know what the theoretical solution actually is, but I know that that is whatever it is that they they think that they can do. I'm, you know, there's a reason hunting's around because it's the most economical and. Um, infinitely practical yeah Yeah, practical there you go Um, it's infinitely practical and although it might sound really really nice to just be like yeah but they kill so it's bad right when you just really start to think about how difficult it is to live that life i think that that at least tempers uh your thoughts right it tempers you it brings you back to the middle a little bit yeah Um, because people do with these issues it well it involves life right what's more important than life in general all of us hunters talk about the circle of life. They want the they want the the generate. You, like you mentioned, you you not only do you want your daughter to be hunting in forty years, but you want your great 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 granddaughter to be hunting in you know what that is right. And so even hunters are worshiping life, just like the you know whoever it is that we're kind of arguing is the quote the other side right. Maybe a stereotypical vegetarian. Of course, we're just using we're we're like throwing labels out <laughs> right 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 uh, just to kind of point in the direction of, of the argument we mean right obviously my wife and i are both vegetarian we we argue differently on various topics and and such so uh, so of course those labels are not not always perfect but but yeah this other side often doesn't uh either they don't directly get exposed to that um or, or they just don't understand yeah. the extent to which hunters do help the environment i think okay. that's a really that in true form of our conversations, um, we've we've gone off again. Um, so what what's the you know what's a how do we examine? Sin. You there? Yeah, I'm there. I was like, rain okay. us in, rain us in. Yeah, rain, rain us in. Um, what? Uh, how do the question that they're asking? You know what I mean? We've answered in a utilitarian manner. Yeah. How do yeah. how do we how do we look into? I, I think it's too easy. It's just too easy for us to to you know. 
just say, oh, yeah, well, you know, I take care of the, the animals and I do all this and stuff like that. But I, I think that if you're only coming from a utilitarian sense or only examining your your ethics and your morals of hunting um, through a utilitarian lens, uh, I think you're doing a little bit of injustice. I mean, you spend all this time thinking about hunting and out there hunting. You should be able to come at yourself from a couple other angles to really um, well round yourself problem. out. It is. That's the problem with utilitarian arguments in general, right, is that you run the risk of uh, these terrible arguments of not being able to defend yourself, right? Okay, what if – what if – and again, it's a hypothetical. What if torturing animals prior to uh, hunting them? Well, um, and this is a little bit controversial, but I think that's been leveled against the Yulin Dog Festival, right? Um, and I'm kind of ta- – I don't know if you know much about it. Have you heard about this? No. Um, it's it's often uh, thrown around um, because there's a lot of – it's it's a big festival where they like kill dogs. I, for, I even forget the country that it's in. Obviously, Jesus. Yulin is where it's at. Um, but there's even accusations um, that – Sometimes they actually torture the animals prior to this festival because they claim that it like makes the meat more tender. Now, I'm sure 75, you know, 50% of that is probably uh, exaggeration and 50% not. So to, for our argument, of course, right here, it doesn't really matter uh, how true that is. But let's put ourselves in a situation where it was true if that became economical and that mm-hmm. was a money revenue, then you'd have to say that that was ethical. Right. Um, And that's the risk of those utilitarian arguments is that you'd have to say, well, it's true. Now, you might debate that that ever would become (laughs) right. You might say, (laughs) but that's not going to happen. Right. Uh, Right. Right. right? You might say, well, okay, Um, But it is true that that's a that's a hypothetical weakness uh, of, of those arguments. If it's utilitarian, you run the risk of making it seem like, well, I can't justify this on its own, but at least it makes a lot of money. Um, and it's good to recognize that, right? It is kind of in some instances could be seen as sidestepping the argument. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody has said the way that you behave is unethical and your response in a nutshell is, yeah, but it makes a lot of money. Yeah, but it's the best we've got, um, which which might be beneficial. But as you're right, it, it does kind of leave something to be desired, right? Yeah. Um, uh, it definitely does. So um, I think um, you know one of the best places to to push from there is to kind of flip that. The, the best way to kind of work through the argument is to kind of flip it and start to go the other way um, and ask yourself, why is hunting to kill unethical? Like why – ask yourself why it's unethical. What is it about killing that makes it unethical, right? And most people would say, well, because it causes harm to animals, right? Well, lots of things cause harm to animals, right? This is where I think some of these uh, – the arguments come in for um, hunting about um, population control and disease and controlling the populations, right? Um, yeah. In many instances, it actually just is not utilitarian but just a fact that to kill the animal in the process that it normally happens with hunting is quicker – um, and probably in many instances way less painful um, yeah. and really what by all other accounts would be re- referred to as more humane, right? Um, we all recognize that um, you know, euthanasia is a big concept. So uh, a lot of people feel passionate that, that if you get to an end stage in life, you'd like the ability to potentially choose to you know, um, go out more peacefully or with more dignity than have a long, drawn-out battle with health concerns, right? So I think some of those arguments are really strong for hunters in actually just directly justifying the behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
if you didn't do this, right, if we did not hunt, uh, all these other things would be caused. And uh, as long as you're open to saying, yeah, if you have, if you can drone strike these animals to get the exact same benefit, that's just as cheap, just as sustainable, right, um, and such, um, then go for it. Right? And what do you what do you say about um, okay? What about the? There's got to be some uh, an opinion on. There has been, I mean, if hunting stopped tomorrow, like no nobody could hunt anymore, that would be the oh. first time in the entire history um, of humans that there was not hunting. There's there's you know we're in a really weird age where there is less hunters than. They're non-hunters, you know what I mean? Well, it's true. Um, it's true. I mean, for, you know, in, in the, the dawn of uh, the species ourselves, they, people were out there, you know, killing mastodons and stuff. Um, and uh, I, I think it's – what do you say about the culture, you know, the, the North American culture specifically of waterfowling? You know, Grandpa – I don't know if you knew this. Grandpa was a big duck hunter. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Grandma told me that she'd take the kids to church on Sunday, and and uh, Grandpa and his boys would go out and drink beer on the on the river and shoot ducks. Right, right. So yeah, I, you know, there there's definitely something to be said for that, and that line of argumentation comes up for a lot of different things, right? Um, um, not wanting to equate them, but um, there are lots of different things that are that are kind of defended by saying they're kind of natural, right? They've been around forever. We've been doing this. I think that those are great arguments. Um, I personally think those are great arguments for making it so that you aren't seen as evil, right? It's very important, I think, to make it so that you don't you don't see the 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 act or the the process as evil. But I think it does, in some instances, I fall on the side that says I still think that that's not targeting the heart of 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 of. The issue, but of course, I think I stated at the outset that I think this is the this is a topic where you should kind of sidestep that. I think that hunters should remain silent on the ethicality of the kill, except when referring to the population control type arguments. That's what I think are the strongest arguments, and of course, that's just my opinion meant to kind of spur you to think about those. Yeah, um, but I do. I, I think that's the. I think those are some of the strongest arguments, um, but. Do we want to do we want to maybe step into like uh, maybe you, we pick up the different lenses real quick and oh, yeah. have a quick I don't know mock you ask a question on why and and we can kind of unpack it through through those methods you know what I'm saying um, sure. just in like maybe two or three just the most common uh, ways that hunters should uh, be looking out to defend themselves you know and not just <laughs> switching over and sidestepping into that utilitarian role. Sure, sure. So, uh, you know, uh, the first question would be somebody comes up to you and says hunting is unethical and you ask them, well, why? What is it that you think is is bad about ethics uh, or bad about hunting? And they say because it causes harm to animals. Well, I think a good answer to say – a good way to respond is, well, I totally understand your concern, right? Because hunters do. Don't forget to restate that you really do understand that concern um, but that you believe that – uh, lots of things cause harm to animals and that you like to actually participate directly uh, in an activity that decreases that. Um, that, that that's what you kind of get jonesed about, right? Um, and you could also remind folks uh, that uh, of the different ways that 
some things that we commonly think are helpful to animals are actually hurtful, right? Um, a big one to me was not understanding the difference between a deer that somebody has hunted and what happens when you actually go to like McDonald's and fast food restaurants um, and how those animals are treated, right? In right. many instances, in many instances, when that person is saying it causes harm to animals, they're thinking about that kind of harm, right? Uh, we've maybe seen those videos where a cow is getting pushed around by a by a by a, a forklift, right? That just makes almost any human being cringe, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, gun to your head, you get to choose to either come back as a cow or come back as a deer. You know, which one are you going right. to choose? Right. So that's another way that I think directly is not utilitarian. That's actually saying, you know, this – I'm actually – I hear your concern and I want to express to you that I genuinely do believe that I'm participating in an activity that causes less harm, right? It just just directly. Um, well, then the you're, also get, you're also getting into a – okay, just like me, for instance. Yes. Do I have deer in my freezer? Yes. Do I have beef in my freezer? Yes. Do I have chickens um, from the local Dillon supermarket in my freezer? Yeah. So what's the, you know, okay. So now I'm not pulling all of my meat from the land. So you can't, you know, I mean, I I personally like if, uh, if certain members of my household um, liked to eat game meat a lot more um, frequently, we would. Sure, sure. Um, but we don't. And so then what do you say? You know, you know, part of it is, I mean, nobody, no, there's no hunters that I know that they don't, none of us needs to be a sustenance hunter. Now, mind you, there are lots of uh, people out there that try to replace their, their you know, uh, all their meat with um, game that they take. They don't have to. It's a choice. Um, Now, there are people up in um, Alaska, um, you know, people that legit out in the bush that, um, yeah, uh, I mean, it's their option or, you know, they're out there living that life, but uh, that's the way that they they bring food to the market. And then you have to remember, too, there's other, there's uh, um, my good buddy, Kevin Fontenot, who I had on episode number three, we were talking about uh, pigs, wild pigs. And he said, you know, um, there's only two instances in which wild pigs I think are beneficial, you know, cause wild pigs are generally a bad and invasive species. I'm not sure if you knew that. Um, no, they destroy a lot, a lot of habitat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah destructive. Uh, only thing that they do though, is on the lake, uh, near the lake beds and stuff, they actually like, um, seed <laughs> or they, um, they push the, the seeds down into the, uh, the mud and basically like till up the mud and creates excellent duck habitat uh, when it comes back up. And he said the only, uh, you, know, he, you know, and then he brought up something that I'd never thought of. Cause you know, you, you and I, yes, we've, you know, we've definitely dug, dug really deep into our wallets uh, for that last <laughs> five, that last $5 to go buy a case of beer. Um, right. We've done that, but we've never been hard up. We've never been, we've never missed a meal. You know what I mean? Right. And right. Pig, pigs have fed a lot of families. You know, right, and it, it comes down all to that is is okay. So, uh, I guess what I'm going to round about here is is that the most of us are sport hunters, right, right, not not exclusively sustenance hunters. Yeah, I mean, I'm a sport hunter, and I I absolutely 
eat everything that I kill. And I like to, I like to replace, um, you know, stuff that I buy at the store with stuff that I, you know, went and bought out at the big store. (laughs) Uh, well, it's true. And, you know, I think a lot of, a, a, a related line, I think of argumentation there has to do with just like sustenance, uh, or and more sustainable gardening, right? Like uh, one of the first steps is like transitioning, right? Um, that uh, you know uh, maybe you can't have a garden uh, that completely sustains you, right? We don't have an acreage, um, but we're still decreasing the amount, right? How much more would you need to be buying if you weren't uh, if you weren't hunting that? Um, and I, but I think you know the big the big difference is just allow whatever it is that you do to just honestly temper your argument, right? Uh, don't also try to get on uh, a high horse that uh, you're only doing it because uh, you eat it and you need to eat it, right? Um, there's still a great argument that you're decreasing the amount of meat that you're buying at your Walmarts and your wherever that you're buying stuff at supermarkets, right? So even if you're not 100%, you're still decreasing the amount um, that you're using. Right. Um, but I think, you know, for me, I see all of these arguments as kind of fitting into two, two camps. Um, one of them is on the ethics of taking a life, which I just think is really, really difficult. I think it's usually beneficial to steer away from that directly because it's complex and it's a really, really hot button issue. Um, and to focus more on the sustainability, um, you know, no arguments. And so if somebody's really being mean or, or, or aggressive and heavy handed with that, um, guide them back to the benefits of hunting, guide them back to, uh, the positives, right? Don't, don't try to take a really hard nosed stance. Um, not because you can't or because that there's no possible way to justify it, but because it's just so much more complex and, uh, likely to, uh, lead into arguments, you know? Yeah. I think, um, kind of an issue though. And what I hear, you know, is <laughs> don't be a dick is what I hear, you know, right. um, right. the issue is too, is, is, you know, you don't want to be, we're all ambassadors to our own, well, we're ambassadors to the sport of hunting or the passion of hunting, whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, I'm not going to stand down and, and silently let hunting slip into the night. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, and so I think the best way to make sure that that happens is, you know, if somebody's really hard nosed with this is killing, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I think. If you uh, if you come out uh, really, really strong saying it's absolutely not, it's our right to do this, da, 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 there's just a good chance that, believe it or not, you're going to turn them off. This was one of the hardest things for me, as you mentioned, how difficult it can sometimes be arguing with me, right? This is one of the hardest things. And I remember my wife kind of coming to me one time and saying, are you more interested in being right or convincing people that you're right? Right. Right. What's more more important to you? And of course, if I was being truly ethical, I want to just be convincing people. Right. Because otherwise, what the heck am I spouting these views for? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, uh, so you want to be influential, right? You want to try to help. Like you said, you want to help hunting, right? You you, you want to, um, in some instances, change people's minds, right? Uh, who, who, who truly think kind of ignorant, uh, ignorantly so that they can have a more well-rounded view themselves. But in other instances, you just want to make sure that people don't see you as an enemy, right? That they don't see you as an adversary, but an ally in this fight for ecology, right. getting to a better place, right? And so I think that's why it's a hot button issue for the non-hunter or the anti-hunter, if you want to call them that. It's that 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 life uh, taking a life thing is a hot button issue. 
rightfully so for them because of what they're triggered on. And the hunter is rightfully so triggered by saying, who are you, right? What, what are, how are you holier than thou? Because, uh, you know, you're totally ignorant about this topic and yet uh, you have this view. So that's why I think it can just be so beneficial to guide it back towards, um, n- towards not going down that path. Don't bite at that hook. Don't try to go down that path um, unless, like I said, you're you're really, really close with somebody um, uh, like the conversations that you and I have had. Um, and it's always just better to uh, help educate them. Ask them why – ask them about that. Why do they feel that way, right? Ask right. them some questions. Why is it that you feel so passionately, right? Uh, because you've already admitted you agree that you, – you'd agree that you love life and you love wildlife, Right. So go back to what you're what you're in agreement with. Right. Uh, When that accusation happens and that'll buy you that time one to restructure your arguments. Right. So you don't have to feel like I can't believe this person. Right. Um, Because I think hunters are rightfully so offended that way. Right. Here you are doing something that we've been doing for thousands of years that has all these health benefits to the individual person in terms of hobbies and, um, you know, getting exercise, um, depending on the type of hunting that you do. You know, there's all these benefits. And yet here is this person um, saying that what you do and what you enjoy is unethical or bad. Right. Um, So rightfully so, you would get frustrated by that. So it's just so important to try to temper that and really recognize um, how much you've learned about hunting by being a hunter, right? By listening to podcasts like this, uh, recognize it as, as your real strength. And so do your best to, you know, as you said, don't be a dick, um, do your best to kind of temper that not only because it will help, um, you feel better, right. But because it's also the most likely way for you to actually influence that other person, that vegetarian, that anti hunter, that whatever, you know, label we want to throw at that other um, it's the best likelihood of reaching common ground and truly helping that other person understand the ways that you do, right? And then you'll also open yourself up to uh, – since that person will also read off of you and temper their arguments, um, you've got a better chance also of learning from that, um, you know, from that, from that other person as well. Yeah. I – you know, and it's – that's the thing is, is never, you know, never judge a um... – Never judge a Zach until you walk a mile in his sandals. And, uh, you know, <laughs> never watch. You know, never judge a Ben until you you know walk a mile in his boots. And right. um, and I remember me and Stacy were having a conversation. I think we were, when was it? When was that? But I said, "Hey, I'm going to take you deer hunting," and she was like, Haha, uh, "No." And I said, <laughs> "No, no, we won't bring a gun. We won't bring my bow. Like we're just going to go out and we'll go. Like, wouldn't you like to go see these animals uh, in?" Uh, real life. And she was like, well, yeah, duh. And I said, well, that's like, that's like 99% of the time what I'm doing out there. Uh, and right. then there's this other 1% where, you know, um, is where we actually are different, you know? Well, it's true. And that's why it's always just so important when these arguments come up, when people start talking about this, go back to common ground. Remember that you are a conservationist. You are a hunter. You are interested in wildlife. And so is this other person. Right. Um, And so is this other person, even if they might have an incredibly ignorant view uh, from your perspective. Right. Uh, Even if uh, they seem to be being mean to you, all the better reason to temper that argument, to come back, to find that common ground. You know, what are what are what do we agree upon? What are we really doing? That's mm-hmm. what opened the doors for me to learning a lot more about hunting. Um, a lot of the arguments I had that were kind of anti-hunter arguments uh, uh, early on, um, I quickly got rid of, you know, from from having those types of dialogue, right? From from yeah. being able to really, yeah. uh, really ask those questions. And can really you find- 
so uh, is there was there is there been a time in your past where you were like looking at my pictures or um, thinking like God, Ben, you savage? Uh, um, I or yeah, I don't like the hunting pictures. Of course, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I, I so I don't like like the shot the the kill shots afterwards. Yeah, uh, that type of would always be triggering to me. Yeah. Um, you know and, that leads me to a. I'm going to get on my just a pedestal real quick and oh, yeah, exactly. I've got I've got a platform for it. I'm going to say it and I, a lot of my friends do this and it's so annoying to me. Um, PETA made a Facebook filter um, maybe like a year and a half, two years ago. It said take, or shoot selfies, not animals. Oh my gosh, yes. And there's this <laughs> huge push where – Every hunting photo one of my buddies has, and you are listening to this, you know who you are, you big jerk. Um, <laughs> every picture that he has, he put that filter on, like him holding up, you know, one of his, you know, um, birds, and it says, "Shoot right. selfies, not animals." Right, and it's a it's a selfie of him with a bird, like, and that is just this. I I see that, and I just like shake my finger at 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 my friends and like. I know there's people listening to this and I'm, I don't mean to offend you. It's just my thing. It's like, gosh, guys, like we're – there's a, there's not that many of us out there. We need to be careful. Like that 80% is listening and you're just trying to tick off the, the other 10% that was trying to tick you off. Like take the high road. Let the 80% well, you know. see that you, you know, right. it, it, it's frustrating. So. You and I have had conversations about that uh, a, a lot as well, and so you know my position that yeah, I I think it's so important to maintain shared facts, you know, and shared uh, shared understanding of things so that you can keep talking uh, rationally to each other. Um, so it can it can be so easy to get uh, offended or 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 just post things uh, that are silly, and it can sometimes it can hurt the dialogue. Should the person really be punished for that? Who you know who know that's that's another discussion, yeah. right? Should there be any negative consequences for doing it? But uh, um, you know, and I was thinking about it no. today in preparation for this conversation, and I'm just as guilty as anybody else. I like I've I went out into the wilderness and I collected the bounty um, that I set forth, and I dropped my tailgate and I put them on there, and I take a picture of it. You know what I mean? Um, and it you know shows six. You know. I want to share that with people like, hey, look, I went out in this. The thing though that it doesn't do a good job of portraying is is I thought about, you know, okay, what's one of my favorite like duck hunting memories? Um, and besides from all the, the, the fun that I have with my friends while we're out there, um, right. literally like one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me was I was – I couldn't hunt a particular situation and so like if I would have shot, I would have killed like 15 birds but I had, you know, like 60 or 70 birds piled up into like this tiny little water hole and I just – I didn't even – my hand wasn't even on my gun because I – it was impossible for me to take an ethical shot where I didn't just go over the limit. And I just got to – just watching like, you know, frustration and wonder and awe of like, oh my gosh, like I am literally 20 yards away from like these ducks. They don't know I'm here and they're just doing duck stuff and – it's – I didn't get a picture of that. Right. But it's burned right. in my memory forever and right. it's like one of my you know favorite things and, and maybe you know it's bad on me for not being able to capture that or 
um, you know, be able to share that as much as, you know, sharing, oh, well, there goes Ben killing, you know, killing a limit of ducks again. Um, well, sure, sure. Um, and I think that's just what, you know, we all, we all have to just be as mindful as we can about our hobbies. It's easy to misrepresent things, right? Um, because you're right for every, for every, you know, shooting pick that you might have or, or, or end of the shoot, you know, end of the hunt pick you might have, how many countless other pictures could you have taken that they didn't have the opportunity to. So yeah, it's true, you know, that you, you've got to kind of weigh that. Um, it's absolutely true. Yeah. Well, here's a, a little fun. Should we demystify any hunting for you or do you have any questions? Um, yeah, um, I think I do. So, you know, some of the some of the things that you and I have talked about is um, um, a lot of the kind of financial benefits of, of hunting programs and what they do. Um, so, you know, I, I, I live in Colorado now, so we go hiking. One, th- one interesting line of argumentation that I've seen is, right, when I go hiking, I don't I don't really sure I had to buy a new pair of boots, right? I had to buy a new pair of boots to go hiking. Um, so I'm putting into the economy a little bit, right? And I buy various, uh, you know, bottles of water and such. So I'm not saying there's no money, uh, but for the most part, I'm just blessed that I can go on tons and tons of hiking and I'm not required to have any financial investment in it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, talking about, talking about, uh, the public, public land, um, and the money that contributes that in the North American conservation model, I think, is probably what you're asking about. I guess, essentially. I, I know that, uh, you know, of course, a gun costs more than my hiking boots, a fishing license. I don't need a, I don't need a hiking license, you know. Um, so yeah. I can see some of the – I get some of the basic money that comes. Um, but what are what is this kind of – the overview of that basic model? Yeah, so, okay. Well, first and foremost, just to answer your question about gear and stuff like that, the Pittman-Robertson Act – uh, I can't, gosh, I don't know what year that was, but anyways, um, I'm pretty, you know, it, it, like firearm tax, uh, it's a special firearm tax. So instead of that money going to the regular pool of wherever the tax money goes, that actually goes to the department of the interior, um, for them in the department of the interior, they manage all the public lands, uh, you know, essentially, well, not, I mean, not all of them, but a good chunk of them. And then, um, then that, I mean, that's things like binoculars, like pretty much like, uh, everything that you buy at Cabela's is going to be, you know, close to falling under the Pittman Robertson act. Um, right. And that, that money goes to the, the those taxes go to the Pittman Robertson act. And then, and then you've got, like I said, like what we were talking about, the, the licensing, the tags, all that stuff like that. Um, um, when it comes down to it, you know, everything has a dollar value on it. Right. Um, right. Everything um, does, and if something's not worth money, it's not going to be around anymore. And sure. so, um, ev- everybody's uh, gets all up in arms, you know, when it, when they're paying, you know, sixty bucks for a deer tag, but you have to you have to look at it and say, well, that's sixty bucks that you're directly contributing. You know, take maybe take that sixty bucks and, and take it out of your donation to. Um, uh, if you if you can only spend a hundred bucks, you know, take that out of your donation to Ducks Unlimited that year or something. I'm not right. saying to do that, by the way. Maybe just in a budget. Just yeah, yeah. charity is on a budget. We have a budget, well. but what I'm saying is 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 that your money is going towards conservation when you buy these things, and and um, hunters and anglers are footing the bill for um, everybody else. 
No, it's kind of true. What do you? Th- what would you? How would your position? I guess uh, one one good question I think also that all hunters can ask themselves to kind of help uh, center themselves too um, in terms of where they're at. Just because it's it's a good question to ask yourself to find out where you personally lie on this continuum. But what would it? What would it take for you to believe that it was unethical to take a life? What are what are you've talked to me quite a bit about how uh, just a moment ago in your story you had talked about you couldn't take an ethical shot. Right. I think you remember that time, too, when we went out uh, with some of your buddies not to actually hunt, but uh, we were just walking around in the in the back 40 or whatever. And I think your buddy like drew down on a on a deer with like a BB gun or a pellet gun. <laughs> and of yeah. course, he was that, using the he was using the scope to look at it. Look at it. Yeah, exactly. I remember you just about tack. No. Well, Zach, we were we were out raccoon hunting. Yeah, we were, that's right. Try, we were trying to get some beer money. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I wanted to take you and I, I, it was a bad idea. I knew it was when, um, you know, buddy's little brother and I'm hopped in the back of the truck with a baseball bat and you were thinking to yourself, why, why, why do we need a, why do we need a baseball bat? Like anything that requires the use of a baseball bat, I, I assure you, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I think, you know, what. So obviously hunters do. They, they, there are shots that they will not take, right? Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. They, so what is it? What, what are those boundary conditions for you that make you say, oh, it's unethical to take that life, right? That's, that's not that's – not, I can't take this shot. That's not right for me to take this shot. Right. So it's not, uh, it's not so much actually the unethical to take the, the life there. It's that that shot or the conditions of that shot would cause more, more harm than – um, I am either, you know, I, I've either set that up as a hard line for myself and I just make a rule for it. Like I don't shoot at, at ducks underneath 40 or out farther than 40 yards. Um, but the, the thing is, is, um, I'm not out there to cause pain and suffering. And, you know, I would say 99% of, um, me waiting to be able to, you know, <laughs> see the, the eye of a duck, you know, the shine off of it before I, you know, shoot him is out of respect for that duck and, you know, life itself because I don't I, – it wrenches my gut. Like uh, a lot of people, you know, will tell you like, oh, hey, well, dude, dude, don't, don't waste the shot. Don't don't waste that, that bullet. Um, you're just going to put more bullets in, into the meat. It's already down. It's going to die. Yeah, I, no, I take that shot every time. Like, <laughs> I, right, right. Um, I don't like seeing, you know, birds, you know, I'm not that mad at them. <laughs> you know what I'm right, saying? Right. I, I can get pretty frustrated with the ducks, but I don't get, I don't get that mad at them. Um, and so when you talk about ethical shots, it's, I don't, there's not a lot. I mean, I, there are guys out there that they don't care. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll make the, the unethical shot for the chance at harvesting that buck. And I mean, it's different when you're talking about putting food in the belly, um, I get that, but, um, I don't know, no, no hunters that I share blind with, um, would be okay with, you know, like, oh man, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I tried to take a lucky shot there and, and now we can't take that bird anymore, you know, or like, oh yeah, man, I, there was no chance of recovering that bird because it landed on the opposite bank, which is not, you know, uh, which is private land. So why, you know, why shoot it? just you know or one of those things 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, um, which is another thing that I think that a lot of folks some often don't either, they don't keep in mind or don't, don't recognize when they're chatting with hunters is, um, you know, you, you obviously don't want to have to, you don't want it to be so far away that the shot doesn't take the animal down, right? You want to be as precise as possible because, uh, not only do you want to reduce the, uh, you know, not only just practically, you don't want to have to chase the animal, right? You don't want it to run. You yeah. To, yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, like, uh, so it's well, for one, for one, it's an efficiency thing, but number yeah, two exactly. is on number two is, is okay. You, you're there are no if, ands or buts about it. You're killing something right. and right. you're, that's a inherently, serious. Serious. you know, that's a heavy thing. That's serious. Right. And so I don't go about that lightly. You know, I don't sure. like sure. going out there. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, the, uh, yeah, when you got it in hand and you're looking at it and uh, there's a small part in the back of your mind that in the back of your heart that, you know, hurts for the bird. Um, and it's, it's such a dichotomous uh, feeling, you know, to, to talk about because on one hand, like yeah. literally I just spent thousands of dollars, <laughs> over, you right. know, uh, at the chance to kill this duck, to shoot this duck, to hunt this duck is really what it is. I wanted to hunt this duck, you know. Um, and then now I got it in my hand and right. um, it's part of it is, you know, like a def- definite reverence. Like, thank you very much for this. Like, um, and then the other part of it is there's still, there's still a little bit of that bloodlust excitement, I guess is what most, you know, non-verse people would call it. If you've never, if you've never right. done it or you've never participated in it, you can't really understand the true range of emotions that a hunter goes through. Um, sure. Sure. I can. Right. Yeah, I can just abs- imagine. I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, and I think it's 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 keeping that square in your mind when you're talking with these people, right? If somebody levels that accusation against you, even you yourself are recognizing a part of that, right? Um, even you are saying, no, 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 wait, listen, yes, I take this very seriously, uh, right? Um, so I think uh, keeping that square in mind, you know, that you do go through those range of emotions, right? Um, that um, that it is really, really serious to be doing that, um, and constantly kind of keeping in mind the gravity of the situation. I think that will help temper you as the hunter as well um, in any argument that you have, right? Um, you're not trying to say, oh yeah, this is my right. I can just do whatever I want, right? You're saying, right. no, I take this very seriously. You're right. You're right about this. Taking the life is something that is very, very sacred, right? So we have implemented all these rules, right? We have, we, we have our, our codes of ethics um, and, and going back to those things. That's very different than just flat out saying that the other person is wrong. Right. It's yeah. unethical to kill an animal. No, it's perfectly ethical to kill an animal. And here's why you're not kind of saying that, right? You're sidestepping that by saying, well, you're right. This is a, this is a serious situation, but let me help you understand it a little bit better. Let me, let me help you, um, understand what we do and what practices we put in place. Yeah. How do um, I, how do I translate that to, to you? You know, as you just saw there, I, I, I didn't do a very good job of it, you know, um, I, I, or well, is it something that you can I don't necessarily know that you can um, directly, you know. Um, uh, of course, dialogue is such an important part about it, having the conversation. But it's just reminding me and being honest, you know, if, if you and I are really getting into this, how do you justify this? I think it's just very honest to say, listen, um, I'm not trying to say that this is an easy issue. I'm not trying to say that this is a very obvious issue. 
keeping in mind, this is assuming that somebody is not just coming at you calling you a murderer, right? If they're really yeah. over the top, that's not beneficial. So we're assuming that somebody's really trying to get to know you here and really talk to you about this issue. I think it's just good to be honest about that and say, listen, yes, this is a this is almost like a you know a, a, a kind of spiritual almost act for me. This whole process, right? Um, a lot of hunters talk about that, you know, um, about that experience, and it's part of the way that they connect. I think it can help explain to somebody who doesn't understand it to talk about how long this hunting has been a, a, a process, right? It's, it seems to be almost in our veins, the process of hunting in general, right? Yeah. Um, um, and we, we emit these behaviors in so many different ways. So I think, you know, uh, it's just important to non-hunters to restate that that's going on because it's easy to just to, to kind of trivialize what hunting is. Yeah. You just go sit in a tree for six hours and then you shoot a deer, right? Um, right. <laughs> um, uh, anybody could do that. So I think you, um, part of why hunters are such good conservationists and wildlife experts is because they truly have an intimate you know, relationship with nature, right? That's the, the, the killing process, the hunting process, to put it less um, aggressively, um, is, a, is a very intimate experience to have with nature, right? Yeah, it's, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's participating at a very kind of naked and raw, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> a way. It really is, you know. Um, yeah. um, so I think it's important to just, re- to, to just state those, um, those emotions, you know, um, that they happen, you know, that, that this experience is like that um, because yeah. it lets others know um, how big of a deal it is, you know, that you're taking this very seriously. Because I think that's what most folks are concerned about as well, right, is that you're just not being conscious about this. You're not being, you're not being careful, Right. Um, yeah, and I don't think this this conversation or this part that we're talking about right now this doesn't happen on the street, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, exactly. we don't. It's usually just it's over already, right? Um, yeah, uh, because because it's so divisive. So you're right. You know, this is the to me these are the most important conversations to have. Um, yeah. Drilling into those. Things. Why? How do you justify that? Well, it's hard. You know, what do you think about this? What's uh, what's the most uh, what's the most egregious? Um, maybe experience you've had with hunting. Like what's the thing that you're like, Oh my goodness. Like what is, I wouldn't like, yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm just one of those man where it's too gross for me. Um, some of it, right. Like definitely, uh, I, I even never like to gut fish and such. Right. So I'm kind of, I'm that, I'm that type. Um, uh, so, so to a certain extent, that's why I was such a hypocrite in terms of my meat eating for the longest time. I was definitely one of those. I don't want to see how it's prepared. I just want it to get on my plate. Right. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to know all the work that goes into it. I just want to eat it. You know what I mean? I just want the burger at the end. Um, so I think some of that is what, uh, is what turned it away. Just the visceral kind of imagery, you know, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit of a softy in that regard. Um, and it was, it's just that, 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 that negative, the idea of killing for me, I just can't do, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. unless it was in a self-defense situation, um, or something like that. Um, it's just, it's it just, I personally, I just can't physically do that. You know what I mean? I can't, uh, I can't do it. I don't think it makes me better than anybody. I don't think it makes me worse than anybody, uh, either. <laughs> right. I also yeah. think that that's a problem. Um, so is it, is it ever, <laughs> I know that one time I did take you out. Is it ever a possibility that you would ever sit in a duck blind with me? Um, I, I would, I definitely would. I, and I love the experience of, of just being out there, you know, as well. So I definitely would. Um, and it's not as though I would, you know, freak out, um, 
um, at the at the sight of a of an animal being killed. But it's just not something that I would enjoy, right? I wouldn't I wouldn't get Joan. Everything but the the end result of killing from uh, would still be uh, of taking the shot would be good for me. Um, but I mean, um, I think I think you almost have to do it now as just a what's going to happen? You know, an experiment of um, you just got to test it out. Yeah, you have to test it out because uh, I I see. Yeah, well. We'll do a we'll do another episode after that happens. How's that sound? Let's do it. We should we should meet back up and yeah. um, um, after after that and do another one another follow up. I think that would be fun. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Just because I think a lot of people will. Um, I don't. You know, I, I hope some people will stick it out this conversation. But you know, they might hear like you say. <laughs> yeah, no, I've never shot a duck. I've you know uh, went hunting a couple times with my dad once, like. Um, well, and maybe turn it off and be like, I don't want to listen to this guy. And I think well, that's... They very well could. Hopefully anybody that is that, that, that doesn't do that, right? Hopefully they're able, they're able to hear, um, one, some sides of the argument, of course, um, that, that help prepare them for how to have those conversations. But once again, I think the people who are still listening right now are people who have had these awkward conversations with family or friends that are close, right? It's easy to just push away somebody who's not in a close relationship with you, right? Who cares, as you just said, right? Oh, that's some guy who doesn't know what he's talking about. It's easy to do that with just some guy, right? Um, but it's harder to do to have those conversations if there's been anybody in your family that's really made you feel bad for being a hunter, right? Um, or maybe uh, you've got a vegetarian in the family who you're ostracizing as well, because they're super anti what you do, right? You just can't find. Maybe that's just that, you know, you went away to college and took one too many ethics courses and now, you know, <laughs> um, and, and now they're intolerable as well. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm kind of yeah. joking. I fit into that category, right? But uh, right. maybe that as well. And it can, and hopefully maybe some of those folks uh, that are still listening got an understanding for, you know, just because those people have those strong views doesn't mean that they can't have a dialogue. Uh, they do need to be respectful of you just as you need to be respectful of them. Uh, you know, um, but I think those are the folks who would still be listening at this point, right? It's because you've yeah. had one of these conversations, um, or many, you know, or several. Right. Right. Yeah. So, well, yeah. What do you, what, what, what do you want to chat about next? I don't know. Um, let's, I say we go on for just another like five minutes or so. Um, and just, uh, cover some, I, I, I don't know. It's just very interesting to kind of, um, see what you like, you know, know, or you don't know about hunting. Um, but like it, it, it's, it's always fun to just kind of educate and inform and just to get your take on your response on something, you know what I'm saying? So, right. Um, okay. I guess I'll ask you this question as, you know, as a non hunter and then, um, all right, we'll get into it. So, okay. Um, do you know how many ducks that I can shoot per day? I have no idea. Uh, just can you take a guess? Um, so this is like a, a kill limit per day during the hunting season. Um, yes. Gosh, you know I can't even wrap my head around that number. It's got to be small. I feel like I hear I see folks, you know, never having maybe more than five or ten um, that they kill in a day. Maybe so. Can you kill as many as ten? Yeah, it's nice. It's generally six uh, in in most areas. Nice. So, I nailed one. I nailed yeah, it. Actually, absolutely it nailed it almost. Um, okay, Ooh. so um, question for you then. All right. Just to see how you would react to this. Um, bird comes in. I shoot at it. 
I see that it has been wounded and it flies away 40 yards into some brush and I go over there. How long do I look for it? How long are you required to look for it or how long just should you? How long should I look for it? Oh, man. So you shoot an animal. It's over there. You're trying to find it. Um, Man, I would – well, part of the answer is to me, right, does that count against your limit then, of course, if you don't find it? <laughs> well, that was going to be my segue question is, is okay, so does that – you think that should count as one of my six birds? Man, so, you know, I'm going to take the ethical purist stance, <laughs> you know, and be <laughs> like, man, you should you should look for at least, I think, 20 to 30 minutes. Um it seems to be a reasonable amount of time. I suppose it would be dependent upon the terrain, of course. Um, but yeah, if – you're if you're going to make the I think if you're going to still stay with the conservation part right um, of hunting, then if you killed that animal right, that was what you were doing for conservation right. The conservation part wasn't what you did with the body after you got it, but the conservation part was the money that you put into the licenses, the you know the uh, um, and so those limits those those limits on how many you can kill, uh, I think is independent of whether or not you get the bird you know whether or not you get it. Okay. That's what right. I think. Okay. Um, okay. Here's another, here's another good question. Okay. Is it better or worse or which ones, which one's more ethical to shoot a duck that is flying around or to shoot a duck that has then landed in your decoy spread and it's just, Oh, what's going on here? Is there, is there any difference? So difference between hunting a uh, shooting a bird that's in flight versus one that has landed uh, near you. I feel like it is more ethical to shoot the flying bird. Okay, off, off my head, off the top of my head. Okay. I feel like any, any particular reason, or um, I think maybe just because the quickness of the death, or you know, not knowing it, it's kind of the standard where uh, in one instance you're just uh, you know, it's kind of just the proverbial die in your sleep versus being aware that you're in this weird situation, I guess, you know, being. <laughs> okay. So yeah, yeah. You've, <laughs> so you would, okay. So if it were you, you'd rather be like shot, just riding your bike past the mall, right. not standing exactly. around a bunch of mannequins. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'd like to. Yeah. I want to roll up on a bunch of mannequins and then find out I'm in some sort of weird weekend trip, you know, <laughs> but, Sorry, the picture of that is just hilarious to me. I, it's morbid, but it's very morbid. Um, very morbid, but I suppose if I had to choose, that's what I would choose. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, next one. What's a good question here? Okay, how much money do you think I spent? Uh, or actually, how much money um, is the? And I'm not sure if you're aware of it. But it is the – it's called the duck stamp. So in addition to your hunting license that you have to have, in addition to everything else you have to be licensed for, you have to have this thing called a duck stamp to um, be legally able to hunt waterfowl. And it's federal since um, you know birds don't have resident states. <laughs> uh, right. they, they fly everywhere. So right. how much do you think the, the waterfowl stamp costs this year? Oh, gosh. 20 bucks? Yeah. Wow. You did you study or something? Just, it's about, it's no, about, I totally guess. I had no idea. I I no it was idea. like 20, 27 bucks is, is about what it was uh, this and year. That's crazy. I, I, I swear I have no – I'm literally guessing. I have, I have no idea uh, that, uh, what that dollar amount was. I'm just just lucky, lucky today. Yeah, yeah. 
So, well, I think I think that's good. I think we can end on that. Um, I think we were a little looser than we wanted to be, and uh, we can probably definitely at some point dial in our our dialogue on this. But I think all in all, what's what are the end states out of this? You know, what, what well, do we want the listeners to yeah, be getting hope, out of this? I hope I, I hope it came together good. Of course, we'll definitely listen to it afterwards again and um, um, and uh, see how well the message came across. But what I definitely hope listeners would have gotten is um, to one, first and foremost, be very, very careful about the arguments that you're having. Right. Um, be be really precise in what you're specifically talking about. Uh, are you discussing the ethics of killing versus uh, the ethics of uh, doing something that you love uh, versus, right, personal ethics versus whether or not there should be laws against it, right? Um, so I think to just be very, very precise in your argumentation as best as you can. Um, and also be compassionate, just to remember that uh, if somebody is an anti-hunter or a non-hunter, um, they're you're both coming from a standpoint of uh, preservation of life, right? So keep going back to that common ground in your argument um, as opposed to um, just, um, you know, trying to, trying to defend yourself or get defensive. So be as precise as you can be compassionate and go back to the things that, uh, that you can, uh, that you share, you know, the, the ideas that you do share, which is the, communing with wildlife, um, promoting the well-being of wildlife, go back to those things. And then I think third, be honest about the fact that you're using a lot of utilitarian arguments. Those are very good. And many non-hunters are not aware of that, right? Um, They're not aware that hunting often generates more conservation dollars than many of the alternatives. They're not aware of all the different ways that they might think that they're uh, benefiting wildlife when in actuality they're hurting wildlife, right? So um, if you follow the first two steps of being as precise as possible and being compassionate, then you'll open the door to be able to actually educate them which is your only chance of potentially changing their mind, <laughs> right? Uh, or, yeah. or, or making them come to understand you. Um, and uh, the, the, the more you kind of follow that path, the more opportunities you'll have to have more in-depth conversations with people about these topics, right? That doesn't just quickly devolve into, um, um, into bickering. Um, and so that'll just make you better as a hunter and better as a human being and better as a thinker um, as well. At least I, I definitely believe that. Uh, at the core of my being. Yeah. Hey man, I, I appreciate you coming on and talk about hunting for an hour and hour <laughs> and a half. <laughs> Perfect, man. I loved it. Let's, uh, let's do some hunting together and I'll come along with you. Um, and then meet back again and do another podcast about, uh, uh, uh about that. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll take dad too. Uh, that'll be, that'll be a hoot. So let's do it. Let's do it. He's always, he's always good for a couple laughs in the blind. We'll get all three of us on here. We'll get talking for five, six hours. <laughs> oh gosh! And you know, you know, it'd be really funny to to take Jeb out. <laughs> Just uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be another one. Uh, that's that's. Uh, I don't know if you haven't. Uh, we'd have to extend the podcast a lot longer than that if we take Jeb out. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. But all right, well, shall yep. we wrap it up? On. Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. Uh, hope all the listeners enjoyed it. I'm interested in any comments or feedback folks have. Um, and. Uh, And yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fowl Front Waterfowl Podcast. Please come join us on our Facebook group, the Fowl Front Waterfowl Podcast group, where you can connect with a good group of hunters, 
because we're all in this together. We need to act like it so that hopefully our great great grandkids will be hunting ducks over our favorite public lands. Uh, we also ask that you go ahead and give us a written review on iTunes and give us five stars if you think we deserve it. And we really do want to hear back from you uh, so that we can give you the best possible content. And if you get in on that Facebook group, you can get in there and you can ask questions and you can tell us what you want to hear next or you can tell us uh, what you don't like and we'll be sure to tailor things to our listeners. So, all right. Stay safe out there and we will see you next week. Hey, you ever been sitting in front of your TV just wondering why you can't catch the latest episode of The Foul Front right there in your living room so you can press all your guests and family with your fine taste and podcast listening? Me neither. But hey, as a part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, you can now find The Foul Front and some other great podcasts on your Apple TV, your Roku, your Amazon Fire Stick, Smart TV, even your gaming console just by downloading the Waypoint app. And heck, while you're there, they got over 2,500 hunting and fishing shows on demand. Go download the Waypoint app today. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.